Oh, he's giving me a little kiss. Fly. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in. It's uh, March 31st, the last day of the quarter, the last day of the month. I'm joined with Not Legal Advice. I'm joined with Hans and Mimi. Welcome in, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Make sure you can hear us okay. Make sure you can see us okay. This is Moe. Moe's joining us today as well. His little Chihuahua Terrier mix. And he snuck into the studio right before I went live. So say hi to Moe. He's like falling asleep on my lap already. <laughs> so we're going to let him down. Go do whatever you do, dog. And uh, yeah, so let's get started. Richard, uh, kick us off with your usual update and okay. then uh, give us our first topic. Sure. MMTLP. Uh, so since the last time, FINRA, and again, this is going to be a, uh, an issue that's going to repeat itself. FINRA, our regulators, our great regulators, amended their first uh, FAQ, acknowledging they had made mistakes in the first FAQ that had mistakes. So their, their mistakes were admitting certain misconduct, but because they're a regulator, they're protected. Today, this morning, before we started, I had an interview with, the, uh, with a writer and the editor of Investor Place, who are theoretically doing an article on this. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, and everybody, follow MMTLP, because naked shorts and shorts affect every retail trader, and they dilute your interest, and it's not appropriate. So I'm going to go starting off with um, uh, deliveries since that's coming up. And I think the stock's running today in part because of deliveries, maybe, maybe front running that. I'm sure the market's good, so I'm sure it's running that way. And I've heard everybody kind of estimate what they thought our deliveries are gonna be. And uh, obviously demand has been great in China and in Europe and the United States. So I think we're gonna like, we're gonna surpass what everybody's estimate is. I think the whisper numbers in the area of 420, 24, 25, somewhere in there, I think we're going to do, get ready, 445 delivery. Wow. Okay. And if, we do, if we do 445, we should see a nice little bounce. Okay. So you, you're thinking 445. Mimi, where's your head at with deliveries? Well, I'm not really that optimistic, but 430. Okay. Yeah. More optimistic than the street. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we Are always? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Are you seeing more new Teslas around wh where you're at? Yeah. I don't know if you thought that uh, Tesla actually rented a ferry that usually goes between Germany and Sweden, and they brought it to Seebrugge, and they loaded 450 Teslas and drove it straight to a Swedish harbor where people can pick up their cars. Uh, so that's really neat. Uh, I, I read yesterday that some people have been waiting 11, 12 months for their cars because deliveries to Sweden have been really low, but they seem to be picking that up now. I live close to the to one of the major highways, and there is a Tesla supercharger. So that's where I go sometimes to look at Teslas. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we And I live, and that, that road goes from, from Oslo, Norway, straight up into Europe. So... The majority are Norwegians. Gotcha. Okay. That's, that's good knowledge. Teslas. That's good knowledge. Yeah. Hans, where are you at with the deliveries? Yeah, I'm definitely thinking that we've got a beat based on, I mean, it seems like Tesla's beta is outperforming today. And I know that Tesla Boomer Mama is pretty optimistic about a number up close to 440. I definitely think we're north of 430. And um, yeah, just based on the stock reaction today, I, I think 
probably close to that 440 number sounds about right. Okay. Maybe not quite that, maybe like 437, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think what's interesting is that it seems like ever since the start of the year, it, it seems like Tesla has been pushing a lot of... Um, the, so the last two quarters in Q3 and Q4, if we do the math, there, there were two unwind the wave quarters, right? Where they filled the pipeline with cars, about between six to 70,000 cars in the pipeline. And then starting in Q1, they dropped the prices and then inventory plummeted in the United States. Um, and then inventory started going down sort of in the middle of the quarter in Europe, back to sort of pre, um, like end of quarter four levels. China, we, we've been seeing, uh, it's gonna be a record quarter in China as well. And so what that tells me is that the production rate and the delivery rate for Q1 is probably mirrored up. Because if they were still, if they were still filling the, if they were still filling the, the, the pipeline and undoing the wave, then one would think that the inventory levels at these service centers and, and these locations would still be going up if, if, the, if that pipeline was full, I think. And I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on that. So what that tells me is that Q1 deliveries should mirror closely to Q1 production, which we haven't had for the last two to three quarters. And if that is correct, then the question becomes, what's going to be Tesla's production rate in Q1? And we know that there was about a week, I think, in China that was shut down, right? But then you also have Berlin that's gone from three to four to five uh, uh, thousand deliveries per week. So essentially an average of 4,000 deliveries per, per week. And so that's an additional thousand per week versus the previous quarter. And that's 13,000 units. And so how many, you know, that's how many days of production out of Shanghai? That's probably like, what, like three days of production or something, whatever that math turns out to be. Probably more, four days of production, if, I, if I'm doing that math correctly. So that means that whatever the shutdown was at Shanghai, it's probably covered by, Ber by Berlin's ramp. And then you also have Austin on top of that. And then we know Fremont is pretty static. And then Shanghai is just going to be doing its thing when it opens back up. So that tells me that production should be around 440 for Q1. And if deliveries is going to mirror production, then delivery should be around 440 as well. So that's that's how I come up with my 440 number. Um, yeah. Do, do you guys have any thoughts around that? Any anything you want to throw up? Shanghai is like 20,000 a week, I think. About, mm -hmm. That's about a week, week production. I agree with you, and I don't understand. Um, uh, this is why I thought the numbers are going to be high. And I don't know if one day maybe the deliveries might be higher than the productions, which could be an interesting factor. If the inventory gets so large that they decrease the inventory, enough of the inventory, it could conceivably, you could deliver more cars than you produce. So I know that they were accumulating inventory the past two quarters, and I think they reduced that inventory. So if they produce what we think they're going to produce, I think the deliveries have to be high. Uh, um, um, it, that's true if the if the containers and the trucks that they've been using to deliver uh, aren't maxed out already, right? Well, I we guess. know so like, in China there's like a whole bunch of available containers and container ships. That I think that I don't think the delivery is the issue. I um I think it's just you know how many they could actually physically 
um, navigate to the correct spots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts around that deliveries? I mean, my biggest excitement around the numbers that we get is really not just Tesla's performance. I think we'll we'll see that that is strong and it will be somewhat counter, but it's really the comparative performance of Tesla to Volkswagen, to BYD, to Ford, to all these other companies. I think that it'll be great when we see, yes, Tesla was able to beat Wall Street expectations, but then when all the other car makers come in and they're lagging behind, especially that BYD Tesla competition there in the Chinese market, um, when we see that, that's the thing that I'm most excited about because I think it really breaks the back of, there was a just growing narrative that the Chinese market is too competitive for Tesla, that people like BYD are gonna be unstoppable, that the growth for Tesla in China China is roughly done. Um, and I just don't think any of those things are accurate. I think Elon has been saying for a long time that Tesla is the best auto manufacturer in China and people just didn't believe him. Uh, Tom Zhu said that the demand in China is incredible. People didn't believe him. And so it, if we get those narratives busted here in all of the financials that get reported over the next few weeks, then that's what I'm most excited for. That's a great point on the comparison. Mimi, go ahead. You were going to say something? Uh, yeah. I thunk, I saw something today that Model Y was the best-selling EV, and that was even compared to those little small dangerous ones that are selling like crazy. So they've been doing extremely well. Uh, I mean, and then, but with deliveries, we will always, I don't know how many ships are bound to Europe or wherever right now. There will always be some cars hanging in between the the months but i agree inventory is so low so i think that we will be delivering you told me that i was above the market but i was the lowest one here you were all <laughs> guessing more than i did that's yeah so we're we're all probably wrong <laughs> <laughs> no we're right <laughs> it's really the china news though that's, that's, i think i think yeah the china news is the biggest news the yeah. The information about that as of July, you know, this was bouncing around yesterday. As of July, the 2016 regulations that were passed in China to reduce emissions. So I guess it was two phases. Phase one went in in 2020 and phase two goes in July of 2023. If it's if it's enforced, every dealer that has a car, a new car on the lot that doesn't meet those emission standards cannot be sold. And that could be upwards, I heard yesterday, upwards of 4 million units. And so a lot of people are, and you know, it's part of the transition to electric. Um, it might, might coincide also with the Chinese government extending the EV tax credit, which expires this year. Um, and I think, you know, I was thinking about it. I think also, and I don't think it's a bad thing, but I think it's also a way of China getting Tesla to do its dirty work. China wants to reduce the number of uh, OEMs in its country. Easiest way for do that is to reduce prices, but China doesn't have to do anything. They can let Tesla do it. They can let Tesla clear out the marketplace of the OEMs that shouldn't survive, that already, by the way, now are starting to fail in China. 
and they can get down to the number that they want. And then they could take those and market those internationally and do it effectively without incurring the cost of backstopping all the, all the ones they have to. Apparently in China, there was 8,000 dealers. And of those 8,000 dealers in 2022, 80% lost money. And wow. in 2023, the, the income supposedly is down 30% from a way it was in 2022. And the model is in China, you know, if you're a, a manufacturer, you sell to the dealer, that's your transaction. And then the dealer stuck with the unit. So that's kind of why the BYD uh, sales figures were a little different. But if, in fact, they don't permit the sale of ICE cars starting in July, the idea is, I think, they put out all the legacy, all the legacy autos, Japanese, American, European, who get stuck with all these units they can't sell um, in a market that's switching to EV. I think they think that's going to trash a lot of their competition in the big picture. And then their BYDs and whoever else. I heard that Aon, uh, AON, I think it's AON, as opposed to the ones we heard before, like Neo and, and uh, Xpeng and Lee, that that probably is the one that's going to be the next one behind BYD. But I think they're going to slim everything down and they're going to take everything international. They will have cleared out the market. The issue is going to be, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of debt they're going to have to work through in China, which is going to be an issue. But I think that's the ultimate plan. And I think Tesla kind of clears the way out by doing what they do. And they're going to benefit. You know, there's not going to be enough EVs in China. And if there's going to be a bunch, they're going to be folding. And if the numbers are only produced now by Tesla and BYD, that nonsense about China demand that we heard about, that does not exist. That's a that's a misnomer. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. There's also another interesting development with China, too. I want to hit real quick. I want to pull up the tweet I just uh, put in the chat there, producer wife. Thank you very much. So Tesla China says that we'll reveal something in three days. Translated picture right below on right. And this is this coincides with a visit from I think Elon Musk is supposed to be going to China in the next three days as well. So go ahead and click on the left picture, producer wife. Pull that up. I think that's going to be the Chinese version. So it says Cybertruck and then it's uh, it's, it's a box. So curious to see what that is. So now go ahead and go to the translator version on the right for us. And so it reads, uh, uh, who is the protagonist this time? Is that what it says? Uh, special form, super power up, countdown three days. So that to me sounds like what, version four supercharging? What do you guys think that is? That's, that's a, there's been a lot of speculation on this. Go ahead, it's or, a yeah. cyber vault, doesn't it? Oh, cyber vault. It's the Megapack, the new Megapack factory. Ah, uh, you think that's what it is? Yeah, because okay. they had a, a job ad out. They were looking for a manager for Megapack in Shanghai. Okay. So I think that's it. Mimi's up to date on her Tesla podcast. Mimi, <laughs> Mimi is out there. Uh, yeah, she's going to be a correspondent. <laughs> Every time we need new information, we'll bring it to me. And I guess that the new factory, the, the CATL that they're building, neighboring Tesla, that they would yeah. supply the batteries. Okay. The, the one that they're building in the US? No, or the one that they're the building in, in China, Shanghai. Right? 
Mm, yeah. Yes. Go ahead, Richard. I think it says, it, and it'll change in three days. I think it says Biden sucks. It <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He went back on mute, which means that's all he wanted to say. <laughs> Coward. <That's amazing. laughs> I love it. So let's go. So that's that's a very interesting development. I do agree with you. I think the whole narrative around how China demand for Tesla, that's that's like gone and everything it has been completely destroyed. And so really now we're at the point. And this is what's so what's so Q1 is so exciting is that the thesis around demand, I think so far has been proven out that there's more than enough at current price levels. The question will become what what kind of money is Tesla making on these cars? And we've long sort of positive that, that, hey, this is going to be really the big the big thing that um, that's going to come out of this uh, report. And we'll dive into that. Too. I want to dive into that real quick. Uh, producer wife, can you pull up the Tesla data that mattjong.net link for us so we can look at inventory levels real quick? We we're talking inventory levels before so we can kind of wrap our, head, our heads around what Tesla is going to end up for the quarter. So under new and existing inventory on the second section there, can you click on model three and Y, which is the fifth one? Um, yes, perfect. Okay. So that's model three and Y inventory levels in the United States. So it looks like they've held steady around 600 for the last week or so units, total units in the United States. So we've had this sort of a uh, little bit of a insane spike. Then we had the price decrease and then we had a steady sort of decrease from the middle of the quarter all the way through two thirds of the quarter and then sort of a slight increase and then a level out, it looks like. So it appears that, at least from, from what I gather with my you know stupid analytical skills, that the current pricing is marrying up the demand in the United States region somewhat. So let's go ahead and go back uh, to the main page and then click on Europe on the top right corner, right next to United States. And then, so this is all European inventory. It's actually below... Uh, yeah, it's below where we sort of started in the quarter-ish. So they are eating into inventory quite a bit, uh, which is really good to see. So we're, again, we're seeing this south through of inventory in, in those regions. And then uh, scroll down for me a little bit. Um, actually, uh, scroll back up for me. And there's, there's a way to look at specific uh, regions. Okay, where it says European charts per uh, country, it's uh, right there. Yeah, individual, uh, 3Y, do 3Y. Sorry. Yeah. And then uh, type uh, DE. Okay, perfect. So it's already on DE. So that's uh, Germany. So Germany inventory has been going down uh, quite a bit since the start of the month in, in March. And so the reason why I'm looking at Germany is because that's where Berlin is at. And so and Berlin will be shipping a lot of cars to that region. So to me, that looks like Germany demand is outstripping supply. So that's also good to see. So like there's all these signals that say, hey, demand is very strong. Demand is very strong. Um, any thoughts around around this before we talk uh, maybe margins a little bit or if somebody wants to throw out a topic? Any any closing thoughts on? Go ahead, Richard. I was going to say you asked about margins. I think it may be that we take a margin hit for a quarter or two and then we kind of go back up. The only question I have is when we go back, when, we, uh, when Mexico starts to be built, there'll probably be another hit. A cost hit at least in the early times. So our, so we may go up in margin and then kind of go back down again and then go back up because Cybertruck's going to do the same thing, right? It'll lose money and then it'll make a ton of money, but it'll lose money at first. Margins will go down and then it'll 
pump up. So it may be the case that 23 is going to suck for margins, but 24 will be great, you know, go back to kind of where we were before. What's when suck get, though? Like when you suck. say suck, what's that number? 20, 20 or under. 20 or under? Yeah. Okay. Maybe shaking her head. You're on mute. You're muted. Oh. <laughs> go ahead. 20 is not that bad. I'll be happy with 20 during this phase. I mean, it's important to sell many cars and they've cut prices everywhere. So it's bound to be lower, but they're scaling up Megapack, which has a really good margin from what we understand. And the semi is hopefully uh, ramping up too. So um, I agree it will be lower, but not too bad, I think. Hans? I think it'll be somewhat dependent on, you know, how bad do we enter a recession? How bad is that if we do? Um, because I think we're really starting to reach a point of scale on the why, like Berlin is not going to stop at 5,000 model Ys. And the margin lift that that brings is pretty significant. Uh, when you factor in also Texas model Y ramping, those should be huge tailwinds to margins both and probably more than enough to absorb Cybertruck margin headwinds. Um, so as long as we can continue to sell plenty of Model Ys that are you know, a relatively high margin offering, even at the reduced prices, then I think we'll be in pretty good shape. But if we've got a recession and the car market really is in the toilet, then we may see something different. Maybe. In February, Model, Model Y was the best-selling car overall in Europe. Um, and Berlin ramped up 25% in tw 26 days. That's really good. I wonder how soon we'll be at 6,000, 7. And yeah. of course, that's gonna go, that's be, that is going to be very good for margins. Richard? Yeah. Um, yes, that was, that's all I was going to say. I was going to go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. I think what's interesting about the margin piece, I think, I think 20 is the floor. I think 20 is the floor. I think the Berlin ramp, the Austin ramp, and the Shanghai exports to Europe, which we know are the highest margin cars that Tesla builds with a supply chain that's uh has been sort of uh inflation has i mean it's 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 been deflating i mean we know that the pricing for a lot of these raw materials have been coming down from their peaks and in addition to there were some stats that were shown at in at investor day where the fremont uh total cost of manufacturing a model y was down like 10 or 15 percent like the labor costs associated to building out a model y if i remember correctly i have to look for the slide Exiting Q4 was lower, so that's obviously going to be a Q1 impact. Then you have Austin uh, ramping as well. And the one piece that I'm really starting to buy into is that as the last few days, ever since I got 11.3.3, man, for full self-driving, I think there's a legitimate case to be made that full self-driving will start to become a significant additive to margins in 2023 starting now. Because my experience with it, and I don't know, I'm going to see if I can bait producer wife to come on and talk about her experience because she just doesn't have her camera on. So if you want to do that, producer wife, I would love it. But if not, that's okay too. 
it has been mind blowing to the point now where I've been using full self driving literally for all my drives. I, I, I wasn't using it before because a lot of my driving was on these roads that are that are supposed to be full self driving, but the navigate on autopilot stack kicked in because it's just kind of set up like a highway. But with full self driving, it's become way more usable. And I think and it's gotten to the point where it's like it's like autopilot on the highways used to be or is and has been for a long time, where it's actually improves the driving experience instead of you have to monitor and watch it. Um, so that's been pretty eye opening. And I think there's a legitimate case to be made for that to be additive to margin. Go ahead, Hans. So question on that. Is it to the point where you would give it as a free trial to anyone in North America who wants to try it for a month? Is it that Those safe? Ask producer wife. Producer wife, you want to come on and answer the question? Let's see if we can bait her in. We'll give her five seconds. Five, four. She's so shy. <laughs> I would. I a hundred percent would. Yeah, I think I think it's gone to the point. And point four has come out uh, this today as well. There's some news around point ten, uh, eleven point three point four coming out. There's just a couple things that are behavioral that are nothing due to safety. It's just taking a little bit longer than I would like it to. And for the last say two and a half hours of driving, I've I've done this this week. Um, there was one intervention that I did, which was that left turn that I have on my video where producer wife was sort of like, oh, my God. And it's just kind of, you know, it, it entered the intersection. It was probably going to be a little bit too close for comfort. And so I took over. I think it would have uh, completed the maneuver just just right. But it was a little uncomfortable. But since then, it's been it's been basically flawless, to be completely honest. Um, so I think we're very close. I think we're very, very close for that. Um, yeah. Mimi, you're, you're on mute. <laughs> it's okay Go ahead. I would so love to try it it would be so awesome I just watch all these videos mm. have you seen have you been seeing an improvement from your end like what do you see on from the your videos end? yes yeah. definitely my god I remember the first ones and uh, and then gradually and now it's looking some some things are just amazing and then sometimes it feels like this should really be able to handle and then it just kind of freaks out. So I feel it's still a bit unstable, but improved. Yes, a lot. Mm -hmm. Good. I, I did hear Alexandra, who I love, by the way, talking about that she didn't think it required regulatory as much regulatory approval as we thought. And that NHTSA ultimately didn't have the ability to regulate it. And I guess my response was, if, it, if that were the case, I, that would be great, except NHTSA, even if they didn't have the direct power to regulate it, they have the power to go into court and get an injunction to stop it if it's a health, if it's a safety issue. And without them being included in the solution, they would. That's what they would do. And they'd be able to. And so perhaps... They're not direct, directly, um, they don't have to be directly involved, but from a practical standpoint, they do. So that's where I disagree with Alexander in terms of the regulation of full self-drug. Okay. Hans? Oh, you went off mute. Sorry. I, I wasn't sure if sorry. I wanted to say something. No, you're good. <laughs> How dare you? Um, okay. Any other thoughts around this topic? Richard, I know you wanted to take it somewhere. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to talk about the... Um, uh, 
the the uh, EV tax credit today. The information oh, yeah. about yeah, about the, yeah. So it comes into play April eighteenth. It has a bunch of definitions that I think need to be defined. Unfortunately, I think I think I saw some uh, head of some organization that said, well, it's a good start, but we ain't going to know what's going to happen by the 18th with this. Basically, because I wrote it down. So it's split up the $7,500 into two elements, $3,750. You need 40% of the crit critical elements extracted or processed in the U.S. or a company that has a trade agreement with the U.S. And so my question there is, what are the critical elements? I don't know what those are. And if you don't have rare earths, are they now no longer critical elements? Because I know Tesla was talking about going to the magnets and, and eliminating rare earths. But I think we have to get some definition of what critical elements are. So that's half. And the other half, the other 3,750, is that 50% of the battery's components as a percentage of value were made in North America. Again, that seems like a odd choice. Um, and both of those standards will be going up. So as of 2027, 80% of the materials have to come from either the United States or a trade-related uh, company. And by 2029, 100% of the components have to uh, be made in the United States to get the 29, full, did you say that? Uh, 2029. So... Hmm. It's it goes in effect April 18th. I know Tesla indicated that the Model 3 there they would lose, they thought they're going to lose the entirety of it. I'm not sure because I don't know how it it splits, but I believe what's going to happen is on April 18th will come and they'll decide we are not far enough along and they'll probably extend it again and redefine it. Because as of as of now, I really don't understand what it covers. Hmm. I'm more uh so I, I'm sub to Gary Black's Twitter, and so this was what, like a sub thing that, that he put out today on the tweet. He said that um, what who the ones that really get screwed over by this is everybody but Tesla, because everybody else has their battery uh, mineral production overseas. So your Mach-E's, your uh, Ionic 5s, which didn't, which didn't uh, you know, um, get the credit anyway your volkswagen uh, id4s all these cars are probably going to go to half uh to a 3750 tax credit because of those requirements because well, I, I, I believe ford, there's a go ahead I think, I think ford is building that factory in the united states with catl it's not done yet factory. though right excuse me it's not done it's yet not, though right it's not that done yet yeah but i but i'm sure it's an anticipation of this and they could have all the components done in the united states the materials done in the united states and they can qualify for the full EV tax credit. But is that why you think April 18th is going to get pushed because your Fords and your Volkswagens and your GMs are not going to be ready to take advantage of the 475? Because Model Y performance, all the Model Y trims, all the, uh, you know, all those trims are going to be eligible in the Model 3 performance. They're all eligible for yeah, the tax I, credit. I just think they're not defined. I mean, it's the, they were supposed to have defined the, uh, the regulation by March 31st. If the guy, if a guy from a trade association, By first. <laughs> yeah, the guy from a trade association says he doesn't know what it says, then yeah, I think they really haven't. So I think they're step by step. I think anything they could slow down Tesla, though, they wouldn't mind, you know, to keep the gap mm -hmm. between legacy and Tesla less, and in some way support the unions that way. So I don't think they would mind if it slowed Tesla down. 
I just don't think that there's any way that they can, I, I know that they don't mind, but I don't think that there's any way that they could actually do that in a way that is like any metric that they're going to put in place, Tesla's going to be able to beat competitors on. And so unless they want to try and pull another fast one on the American people, like they did with the IRS. I'm coming after in which them, case, bro. We just, yeah. <laughs> more uh <coughs> more signatures again but yeah that that's the only way that they can try and do it is something that's backhanded and completely uh arbitrary is the only way that they could limit tesla and help the competition maybe i have to be a little bit of an opposition i i think they actually want as many evs as possible out there I think they generally want to have a good climate politics, even if they don't, even if they support unions and, and uh, everything, I think they want all the EVs. And, and like you say, I, there's nothing they can do. I mean, they have to do something obviously stupid because it would be so obvious uh, to stop Tesla. But I wonder, did it say anything about negotiations with the EU? Because the EU has been really upset about this uh, protectionism from the United States. And last week I read something that they were talking. Uh, mm. I don't know. Since this... Some of the politicians didn't know that they didn't that the US uh, that they don't have a, a trade agreement with the EU. Yeah, the yeah, news saw... last week was the last that I heard as well on that. And the mm. basic, you know, we're we're hearing the rumors that there's going to be movement on that front, and I, I expect that to to come to pass. I think, unfortunately, the EU has limited um, leverage right now because they're being backstopped by the Fed. So the banks in the EU, they borrowed money from the Fed uh, mm -hmm. after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. So maybe they're correct in their position, but maybe they have to be kind of like light in terms of how they push it. But I agree, you know, it. it uh, the I don't see why Europe should be distinct from the United States in terms of doing business they're the chief allies to the united states so why not why you know why distinguish it from south korea for example or mexico yeah. Yeah. so just just to get this right so what we're saying is if if the auto manufacturer was getting raw materials or batteries from europe in this case those companies would be able to get the 7500 tax credit because of those not trade today. agreements but not today but that's that's what you're saying is like that there's a yeah. lot of hullabaloo and noise as to why that's not the case because well, they, they are trade partners yeah it, well they also wouldn't be able to get the second half the 3750 for the components because it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be put together in north america and that's no. specific only to north america which why is Mex that's why mexico is a factory so it's really just an anti-china bill really in, in that sense yeah and that was my concern you know when mimi said that so the way they could they, the way they can get to Tesla is by restricting what they can do with China. If they want to, you know, and they could do it in the guise of whatever, but they could justify that. And, and the fact that a government would do something arbitrary, capricious, and silly, the fact that a, a government would actually do that, <laughs> shocking, shocking. It never happens here. <laughs> well we have some news for you here <laughs> we have some news for you um yeah that, that's been an interesting one to follow i i do wonder 
I mean, you would have to think that with Volkswagen and and GM and Ford being so reliant on battery manufacturing outside of the United States, they would do absolutely anything possible to ensure that they had their way to, you know, they're already they're already not competitive from a pricing perspective with the EV tax credit. What happens the second even half of it goes away and Tesla is able to retain all of it for most models, and then the Model 3 lowest model goes from 7,500 to 3,750 until the CATL plant in the United States goes live, and then they're back to being in the hole, like massively in the hole again. It's a huge competitive disadvantage. And that's why that, that's why that CATL uh, Tesla perspective battery plant, it's got to be a slam dunk. If Ford got, if Ford got it, huge Ford, news. Ford did us a favor. They, they did it first. There's no way now you can turn down Tesla from doing it. Um, and it's, I think it's going to, I heard it was going to be in Texas, I guess, proposed to be in Texas. It's one of the rumors. So is that plant with Ford, is that the same one that in Georgia, they just got all up in arms about and said, no, you can't build that here. Or was that with GM? I think that was GM. I think the yeah, one I with know. Ford is further North, isn't it? I don't remember now. Don't Maybe North Carolina. Good. Is Ford the one in North Carolina? Maybe. I forget. Yeah, if anybody in the comments knows, let us know. But it made, um, me, it made me think that when uh, Tom Zhu uh, mentioned that there were going to be two factories, and I think he, they said they were going to be both automobile producing factories, but arguably this new, this new uh, battery factory is a factory, so that could conceivably count if it did involve autos. Uh, but I think there is going to be a separate, I mean, my understanding is there's going to be a separate announcement of another auto factory in addition to Mexico at the groundbreaking. And the groundbreaking should be pretty soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Hans. Yeah. And now, you know, if we do get a cattle LFP factory here in Texas, I would be shocked if we don't also get a mega factory or a mega factory as a. Brad Ferguson would say <laughs> here in Texas as well. And, uh, you know, just to take it back to margins for just a second, um, we're all kind of conditioned at this point. When we talk about margins, the vast majority of us automatically go to auto gross margins, X regulatory credits. But remember, we are in this transition to Tesla really focusing on operating margins. And as Lathrop, ramps up if we start to see a quick ramp of mega pack manufacturing in china and then if we see something similar in texas um those are all going to be huge operating margin wins yeah couldn't agree more maybe did you have any thoughts uh, will they be making lfp batteries in the new factory yeah so they don't have to so then they can go back to selling the model three with the tax yeah, Credit. the standard range. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I really do think that even if, you know, even after the April 18th uh, sort of clarity from the tax credit, I still think that the um, <laughs> freaking Richard, a cattle factory in Texas. Ha ha ha. <laughs> Private chat. Excuse me. The uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> freaking Richard. It's just completely... Look at this. Look at what happened. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> okay. 
I literally lost my train of thought. Okay, who's got who's got the next topic? Mimi, you want to kick us off with a topic, or do you, does anybody else have anything else they yeah, want to talk about? I, yeah, I have. Um, oh, she's prepared. She's got notes. Okay. Yeah, I'm prepared <laughs> because it was such a long. No, I read about this um, Matt Tyler, uh, who has been hired as the director of dry electrode development, uh, and that he comes from the from 24M, and they are working with a very advanced. Um, Cobalt and nickel-free sodium cathode active material. So, do you think this means that Tesla is going sodium in their 4680s? Ooh. What do you guys think? I think that sodium is kind of a no-brainer in the long term. I think, yeah. you know, we just have to remember that these chemistries usually take a long time to be able to commercialize. It would be awesome if Tesla could actually change that. Um, but I think that's one that I'm not going to bet on until we see it. But definitely sodium makes a lot of sense from a lot of different angles long term. And, you know, reducing our reliance on lithium as a component in battery storage systems that the volumetric and gravimetric energy efficiency is not that important. Sodium is a huge win. Um, and so, you know, definitely if he has that expertise and that experience, even just from a diversity of, you know, battery chemistry experience perspective, having him be on the, on the team will be good. Um, but I, I do anticipate that that will actually be something that Tesla does in the next probably 10 years. We'll see yeah. some significant sodium contribution to overall energy deployment. Richard? Yeah, I was going to say the exactly what Hans just said. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say also that, uh, all, except if it it slows down their current production of batteries. I don't think they're going to do anything that would slow down no. current production. So if they thought no. it's now is not the right time, I think they would pass and wait till there was the proper moment. But otherwise, anything that, uh, you know, lower costs in the future makes production easier they're going to do i think they're going to do that to everything every task i think that's how they save money that's how they increase margins and they can reduce costs i'm happy if they just uh, solve the dry uh, problem yeah whatever whatever they're going to use remind me again the sodium chemistry is that for longevity or is that for uh for what's what's the win there cost it's diversifying away from lithium, and so you don't have to run into that bottleneck for everything. Um, so it gives you more flexibility in your supply chain, a lot better pricing power, you know, negotiating power with your suppliers if you don't have to use it. Um, so yeah, mostly a raw materials diversification. It's not a chemistry that is ever going to be great for automobiles, but you know, as Tesla continues to expand their product offerings to cover a lot more use cases than just automotive, then they can, that 20 terawatt hours, the three terawatt hours a year out of 20 that they want in 2030, if sodium can start to make a contribution there, then it reduces the amount of lithium mining. You know, sodium is a lot easier to get a hold of. The supply chain is a lot stronger. Uh, the percentage of sodium that would be used by the battery industry uh, as a percentage of the total sodium demand would be a lot smaller. And so like, you know, right now batteries are on track to basically consume all the lithium 
like it needs its own dedicated lithium supply chain, whereas it would just be a piece of the overall sodium supply Got chain it. in the future. And so, yeah, just lots of different dynamics that make it very attractive. So this is like a like a Tesla Energy no brainer that if you, if you really want to get that thing ramped up and it's you know I'm guessing it's good for high cycles too because you know obviously the power pack and the mega pack would have be high cycle type of products mm -hmm. right so it would do really well there I'm guessing it's going to be way cheaper to get sodium than lithium okay so that, and then and then on top of the IRA uh, tax credit on battery manufacturing in the United States for those products on top of that you get the sodium benefit which is also going to lower the cost of the battery so like what I mean could could what the hell like is is Tesla on the road to like fifty dollars per kilowatt hour like is that what what, what they're like is that where we're going with or without the, the yeah IRA tax credits it'll be a lot lower than that um with the tax credits what's your rough math I mean it really does depend on how much lithium is the is the bottleneck and how far out Tesla has secured that supply chain. Um, but yeah, even if they're at $90 a kilowatt hour before IRA tax incentives, they could be sub 50 after. Got it. Okay. It's, the, it's the, refine, the refining that's the ex big expense right. of the lithium. And, you know, having yeah. to build a plant just to refine, right? They're building a refinery plant in Texas. So they could use that money elsewhere if, if need be. Okay. Do you have any other uh, things you want to hit, Mimi, before we go over to Hans? Or Hans, do you have nope. something? I was just going to say, um, you know, we heard a little bit of interesting news about Joe Manchin kind of throwing his hat in the ring and yeah. expressing some interest in running. I think that would be... A very interesting move for the Democratic Party. I don't know if he'll before you be keep able going, Hans, past... you want to give a background on who Joe Manchin is, maybe to our international so, audience. Yeah, yeah. Joe Manchin is. I don't. Is he a senator or a congressman? Someone might have to help me out with senator. that. But senator. senator, yeah, from West Virginia. It's a very deeply Republican state. Um, the coal industry is huge there. There's a lot of coal mining that happened in west virginia and yet somehow joe manchin was able to get himself elected and re-elected there in west virginia as a democrat um and he's really a uniquely um pivotal senator in being able to get things through because the house or the senate is split between the republicans and the democrats and so any swing votes that the republicans can pull over um, from the Democrats help them get legislation through. And then the Democrats really need Manchin to vote with them if they want to get anything done. Um, and he, since he's from such a Republican state, he tends to kind of go back and forth between favoring policies that the Democrats are putting forward and policies that the Republicans are putting forward. And he's a very savvy guy. And one of the things that we had heard from the Rockstock channel, they had a consultant that they were talking to, I think from the Rocky Mountain Institute, was that his ask of Nancy Pelosi to actually sign what became the IRA and pass it through, because he was the, the holdout that back when they had the Build Back Better plan that was supposed to be some ungodly large spending omnibus bill, he was the one that blocked that and they weren't able to get it through because they never were able to get his support. 
Um, so then they came back to him with the IRA, which was just the pared down version of the Build Back Better plan. And he said, okay, I'm willing to support this, but the thing that I want from you is I want NEPA environmental review reform to reduce the amount of time that it takes a industrial project in the United States on federal land to go through NEPA, which is the National Environmental Protection Act. And it's currently a ridiculously long process. There's like years and years of periods of time where people can submit challenges to a project. Um, and it just takes, it takes forever. The market is moving and it costs a lot of money. And so by, if we can reduce that down to where instead of taking five to seven years, if it could take two to four years, then it's a lot easier to get things done. His motivation in that is that, you know, there's a lot of oil and gas and coal, uh, stuff in West Virginia. And so that would be a huge political win for him and for his probably financial supporters, but the side benefit that that has for us and why we should care about that is that this is one of the major holdouts for developing mines here in the United States. And so when people say, hey, it takes seven to 10 years to get a mine online in the United States, well, NEPA is a huge component of why that takes so long. And so if we don't have these NEPA, if we can compress that NEPA time, then that comes directly out of the time that it takes to get a mine online. And so, you know, instead of 10 years, maybe we could get them up in seven or five, um, probably not five, probably seven, which would be, you know, a huge win for EVs in general. Um, but last I knew, so that was supposed to be part of the spending bill that the federal government is on. It was supposed to get tacked onto that and just pass through, like basically if we're gonna to continue to operate the federal budget, then this is gonna get in and everyone's gonna sign. It's just gonna be like a little addendum. Well, that didn't happen. We didn't get the NEPA review. And so basically my understanding is that Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and the Democratic Party basically rugged Joe Manchin on their promises to him. And so that's He's not a great- president. <laughs> yeah, not a great thing to do to someone who you need pivotally. Um, and so I think that may be some interesting background information. Um, and so we may see what I'm hoping is that we hear a bunch of noise from Joe Manchin. I would love to see a Joe Manchin presidency, honestly. But if that's not viable, which I don't know that it is, then at the very least, maybe he can make enough noise to make sure that that NEPA reform goes through so that we can get lithium mining done here in the United States quicker and more reasonably. Okay. From, a, from, a, from a California viewpoint, uh, um, which is, happens to be a democratic state, <laughs> um, I would say that Man Manson Manchin is seen as, seen as an obstructionist, that he um, is not a Democrat, but he is the most powerful senator in the Senate because he aligns himself with the Democratic Party and that he is primarily interested in protecting the oil and gas and coal interests in his own state. And that's where his primary, and I'm not saying that's wrong because if he's a, if that's his state, that's his state. But I think, yeah. I think he's a detriment to the advancement of electric, elect, electrification of the United States, not an asset. And so I would not be in favor of him being president. 
I don't think he's helpful to the cause. I think he's, I agree. He, I think he's antithetical to the cause because mm. he promotes dirty energy. Hans. I think that, yes, he does have those incentives, but I think that economic and technological realities underpinning energy have shifted to the point where that's not possible. Um, and so I think that anything that he is going to try to do to further, I mean, I, it depends on how effective he is, but um, I don't think that he can be the thing that saves oil and gas moving forward. So maybe uh, about, I don't know, half a year ago or something like that. Mansion was actually contacted by uh, I think it was a, a union for the coal miners that they wanted him to push more for green energy because they realized that their jobs are dying. I mean, coal mining is dying out and they realize that and they want West Virginia to, to focus on other areas of, of uh, income. And, um, and I, th I thought that was really good. Um, no, I don't think that he would be good either. Maybe he could run as a Republican. Hans? That would be good. <laughs> hey, anybody that's different than the clowns that we've got right now, I wanted to give them a shot. <laughs> yeah. And they can I, run I, as Democrats or Republicans, either one. I don't care. Independent, bro. What happened to independent? 50% of the mm -hmm. country's independent. Farzad for yeah. president. Farzad for president. Wasn't born in the United States. Sorry. Can't do it. And I don't want it. I think so. Here's what I, how I look at the mansion thing. Wasn't mansion one of the main reasons? why um the ira had restrictions around battery manufacturing in the united states right yeah. so that to me seems like a huge plus right so if if it's somebody that's that's um that's doing that i view that as a positive if if we're moving the manufacturing of raw materials or the extraction of raw materials if we're putting incentives for that to be moved stateside speaking as an american then that, that seems like you're acting in the best interest of the country. And we know that manufacturing is one of the cornerstones of any strong economy. And so if you're incentivizing that supply chain to be localized, why is that a bad thing? And so if that is, if that is one of his primary sort of uh, platform things, if you want to call it that, doesn't that automatically make the transition to batteries and electric vehicles more economically viable than anything else because it's going to be just cheaper to manufacture batteries versus a gas car and then now you have the economic uh incentive to move over and we all know that ultimately the reason why industry moves from one place to another is not because of uh, policy or because of politics not 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 in a huge shift it's because of economics and so if you are enabling that to happen why is that a bad thing i would say if you look at his record in total you would come to the conclusion he's no guy who's promoting uh, electric or clean energy. And that's but, not his that's not his interest. And to the extent that something he does coincides with that, that's mere coincidence. But if you look at him, clearly it's not his state. His state is not that. It'd be like if, you, if, if he came from California, uh, okay, that would make more sense. But coming from the place he is, he's playing to his own constituents. And his constituents are not driving electric vehicles. But does he have to be pro-EV for EV to win? 
if his policies enabled the transition because of economics, what the, who cares what he what he backs? I think he slowed the progress, not expedited the progress. So if he Why? on one one hand he does something positive, I'm looking at the totality. I think he's a force against it, not for it. Okay. And I I don't think he's trustworthy. And he's taken a position, I think, that's kind of a squirrely position. He's not Democrat. He's not Republican. He's in the middle. He's used his power to the to maximum extent. And to me, that doesn't create somebody who's overly trustworthy. So you think being bipartisan is a bad thing? I love it. I don't think he's bipartisan. I think he's purely partisan. To the middle. No, for his own constituents (laughs) and his own reelection. Okay. Maybe. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that just because you make the batteries, uh, in the in the north in North America, that that will speed up the transition to EVs. Uh, you're spending a lot of taxpayer money on all these um, incentives. If the batteries are made in China, a lot cheaper, the cars would be cheaper. I'm not saying that I'm pro. I'm just arguing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, that's that's just a. a getting rid of the dependency of China, which I think is a good thing, but it's not necessarily speeding up uh, the progress of EVs. Okay. Yeah, I, I, thankfully, I gonna... China... Oh, go for it. I was just going to say that thankfully, China has its own demand for electrification at the point where I think that they don't need our help necessarily developing out their supply chain, that they'll be able to consume quite a bit of what they produce um, just for their own purposes. Roger, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I agree with Mimi. I don't think it was for a productive reason. I think it was anti-Chinese sentiment. And so if we happen to benefit indirectly, okay, but it's not, don't misplace it that he's doing something in support of the EV industry. It's something to, to harm and hinder China. That's all it is. At least that's how I see it. I would say not just harm and hinder China, but you know, you got to think back to the pandemic in the middle of COVID, and we realized, hey, we don't want literally everything that we consume to come from China because when crap hits the fan, then we're hosed. So, you know, that's where a lot of these critical mineral things come from, is we realize that there are like lithium is a critical component of being able to move forward into energy independence. And that is a national security concern. And it's important that we actually have, and I think this is the reason why Europe hasn't necessarily been included, is that politicians here in the United States want actual U.S. manufacturing of some of these critical components. That way, when push comes to shove, we control that supply chain here domestically. And then if Europe wants to come along for the ride too, that's great. Um, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I think that's the motivation is that we want to have those pieces of manufacturing domestic, even though it's not necessarily the most economically ideal situation if everything is nice and stable in the world. But we just know that everything's not always nice and stable in the world. And so sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of the optimal from an economic standpoint for resilience in the chaotic standpoint. I agree with you, by the way, with that. Mm, me too. Interesting. Uh, Fascinating I mean, discussion. Like, 
because uh, like, like in Sweden, we they have found huge the world's largest deposit outside China of uh, of uh, earth minerals, and um, it's the same here. The process to start mining is very very long probably 10 years. And there are a lot of protests and um, it destroys the environment. And But still, I th still think we have to do it because we can't buy everything from China. And there are 30 applications for new battery fabrics if, uh, factories in Sweden right now. And they're already Northvolt, who is the largest one in Europe. So having our own minerals and producing our own batteries, I mean, I think it's really good. So I can understand. Uh, I think that maybe the EU would, all the almost all European countries, they give tax credits to all cars, no matter where they're built, if they're American or if they're Chinese or if they're made in Sweden or or Germany. And I guess that's why the they are so upset or we are so upset about this now. But yeah, okay. Two two okay. cookies. I got two cookies. Uh, I saw today that California heavy duty trucks have to be. Uh, EVs, half of the heavy-duty trucks in California have to be EVs by 2035. Heavy trucks. That means like garbage trucks, and like fire trucks. Oh. And six states, six other states thought we're going to always follow California. So that will be the new rule, which is good. That was today. Which, And I don't know if Tesla will get into the, you know, the fire truck business. They'll be building <laughs> fire trucks or municipal vehicles. Because I heard in China, one of the ways they're expediting the move to electric vehicles is the government also is start gonna start to only use electric vehicles in all municipal capacities. So in China, the garbage trucks are gonna be electric and all the fire trucks and police cars. So that seems like that is emerging to uh, the United States. The other thing I thought was really interesting is my new favorite or second favorite Tesla uh, YouTuber, Amy, her um, her take on the, the Tesla price map model, which I never, I never knew, I thought was really interesting. The way she described it, I hope I got it correctly, was the way it was up until recently was the, um, like the three was priced at $300 less than the average price of a vehicle in the United States. That's how Tesla kind of figured out the pricing. And the S was 2X, the average price of a average car in the United States. Now, because now mass, they're going for mass scale, she, and with indicated with kind of more localized uh, production, that they're not gonna base the pricing on that they're going to base it on just exceeding production. So as long as demand is sufficiently uh, less, excuse me, sufficiently more than production at a specific rate to make the cars affordable, that will be the sweet spot for Tesla pricing. They will no longer price it based upon average car in the United States or two times the average car. It will really go to affordability, what the cost savings are by having it produced locally and delivered mm. locally. I thought it was interesting, an interesting kind yeah. of model change. I thought, thought it was interesting also that she knew it. I, I couldn't 
I couldn't agree more with that with what she said. I think I think that is a very smart strategy by Tesla in a world where there are clear shifts economically at least in the United States where the average person can afford a car less and less because of the average new car prices going up so much in the last few years and there is a giant gap down market for an affordable car. And you have this weird thing that's happening now where Tesla was viewed as luxury car maker, rich people car, very, very expensive. And now it has it has already begun, especially from a cost per mile perspective. Tesla is the, every, we talk about it often in this channel, is the everyday, if the, it's the everyday person car. And with the introduction of the Gen 3, that's only gonna become more obvious with that. Um, she, was, she was talking about, I thought, an interesting case scenario. She was talking about the Prius, the brand new Prius, which is a hybrid, which is well-respected. 50 grand. Yeah. She said, you know, without the EV tax credit, the Tesla is still cheaper. Without, you know, and that's not including maintenance and, and everything else. But Like for still, like trim, though. That's the thing. Uh, it was the base trim. The the base. Oh, was the it? Base, yeah. The base. That's what she, I think that's what she said. At least that's what okay. I but she said base package end up being like $300 cheaper for the Tesla. And then if you add in half a EV tax credit, you're much cheaper. And if you add in the full tax credit, you're much che cheaper. And then on top of that, the part that we kind of ignore is most states also have an additional tax credit they provide only to electric. So that gap between like a Prius, comparing a Prius to a Tesla, that's a start off. But let's say they're equivalent cars. The Tesla might be thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars cheaper. I mean, that's insane. that's insane. Already. Yeah, that's today. Yeah, before the Gen Three car. Yeah, crazy. Mimi, I'm Any waiting thoughts? for this cheap car. I want <laughs> to see it. I'm so curious. Elon, oh. if you're watching, bro, come on. Let's see some pictures. Maybe yeah. he'll show it in yeah. China. Who knows? Maybe that's the. Okay. Do you think that's do you think that's a thing that could happen? Is that they unveil the compact car for China this weekend? Should could we start a rumor? Be, could that be the symbol? Ooh. At, at, uh, in the really symbol? It's gonna turn no. into a I have to stick with my mega pack theory. Come on. Let's let's start a rumor. We've never started a rumor. <laughs> Can we start I've a rumor? I've heard from unknown sources or sources that choose to be anonymous that they would probably unveil the Model two in China. So now we've started the rumor. Okay, nice. Hans, I, go heard, ahead. I heard somebody talk about the fact that they heard a rumor about the model two oh. being shown in China. Okay. <laughs> Good. That's how things go viral. <laughs> Spread it far and wide. Go ahead, Hans. <laughs> Yeah, CyberVault is what they're calling their new autonomous delivery fleet that will roll up to your door and pop out a pizza okay you heard it here first you Whoa. heard it here first everybody make a clip everybody clip this just put it on twitter put it on youtube this is official this is officially unofficial okay so just spread it far and wide the title of the stream should be model two to be released in china okay well I, but then you know what happens i got accused for clickbait yes <laughs> And People how get, true that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably so.
<laughs> yeah, I get very, I get very passionate folks about clickbait uh, quite often. It's actually kind of cool. Okay, uh, any last topics before we do Q and A and in our read our poll? Anything else we want to hit around the horn? Mimi's good. Richard? I'm going to throw out one quickie, and we can yeah. discuss this at a later. Doing time. a lot of quickies today, Richard. I know, I know, I know. I, uh, yeah, don't, don't watch, watch yourself. There. I say anything. Yeah, yeah. Impressive. Yeah. The, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The, especially for a guy 64, it's very impressive. Um, so that we've heard about the commercial real estate problem. I don't think it's going to be a big problem. That's my view. I base that in part upon uh, I've done a lot of real estate uh, work in my career. I happen to do a lot of foreclosures. I also was involved when the, in the savings and loan crisis, not personally involved but I was involved in the legal side. So I went through it and what I expect to happen, and it's going to, it'll be a bigger issue down the road is we're going to end up with a lot of workouts and retro uses for commercial property. Unlike what happens with residential property. When residential property goes South, you go foreclosures. When commercial properties go South, you end up with renegotiating the terms. So mm -hmm. everybody who's like clamoring about, you know, when we talk about car loans is going to be a problem and commercial real estate. Obviously, commercial real estate is a problem because nobody is in my parking lot out here. There's, they're, not, they're not occupied, but it can be solved. It's not a, not a uh, death knell. Okay. That's, you know what? I, I think I agree with that because there's been a lot of noise around that. I, it, it, it might, it's still going to hurt a lot of banks, though, because they are holding the loans on stuff that's basically underwater. Right, but they can re, but they can rewrite it without taking a loss. Without they don't have to take a loss because it's an ongoing transaction. You know, got it. Okay, makes sense. Um, Hans, no, okay, Q and A. Let's uh, show our poll results for first, though. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us today on this beautiful Friday. It's March thirty first. Um, it's sunny where Richard's at. Uh, looks like it's dark where Mimi's at, and Hans is in a beautiful globe of purple, and he's never looked better. Just amazing skin. Uh, if you're enjoying this content, throw us a like, uh, subscribe if you want to see more from it. This is our Friday community forum where we, uh, every single Friday, my community and I sit down and we discuss whatever topics the community wants to discuss. And then uh, one of the cool things we're doing is that half of the earnings from these Friday streams go into our community fund. And then our community decides what they want to do with that fund. And we keep talking about ice cream every week because I bring it up. And so I'm not trying to like, you know, steer the decision any other way. I just really like ice cream. But the uh, community decides what they want to do. And uh, yeah, so we're up to uh, to some pretty pretty cool numbers now with, with that fund. So if you uh, do want to join our community, click on join right below this video. And uh, yeah, come join us. Uh, this week's uh, Discord, private Discord uh, access that you get with that as well fascinating and we were talking about uh, gun control in america because we had that tragic shooting in nashville and it was a fascinating discussion we have a very international audience and um yeah just getting everyone's feedback was fascinating it was it was fascinating so uh cool all right so let's uh, see the poll results and uh we'll go into q a and the poll results are tesla deliveries for q1 of 2023 37 percent say between 420 and 430 28% say between 4.30 and 4.40. 23% say more than 4.40 and less than 4.20 is 10%. So it looks like we're somewhere, a lot of the responses are around that 4.30 range is what I'm what I'm seeing from that data set. Well, are you guys surprised by that result? What do you, what do you guys think of that result? Do you, I mean, kind of lines up with what we were saying-ish yeah. on here. Yeah, okay. 
All right. Thank I you think all very Alex much for had the best uh, observation there. The only reason that the results came out like this was because you didn't have a specific 420,069 deliveries. Uh, you're yeah. right. You're right. The results yeah. are skewed. It's so easy to steer a Tesla audience. <laughs> or a bunch of sheep. <laughs> just, put, just, just put 69 in there and click. You could, you could also yeah. do 420,000 and 420. Right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Let's do some Q&A. Bring them up, producer wife. And the first one is... Da -da -da -da. Alex, look at that. Alex, question. Do you think that Optimus as collateral, collateral will be able to save the banking system? The banks need collateral asset value to always increase. <laughs> I'm trying to understand the question. Can somebody smarter than me help me understand this? I think he's asking if using the Optimus as literally collateral, like you would use a house as collateral for a loan. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That they should be buying Optimus bots instead of 10-year treasuries. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's probably a joke, but it's, it makes sense. That's why I can't decide if it's a joke or if it makes sense. <laughs> it probably would have okay. been better. Yeah. If, if it does increase in value, then it would be good collateral. Yes. Yep. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Alex. Fascinating question. I mean, it's it, it really does really pose the, the potential of the technology once it's out. Like, who knows what the possibilities are to be complete? I mean, that's completely nuts. How Thank you, Alex. How about Optimus uh, replacing the regulators? How about we have like real regulators <laughs> who aren't uh, conflicted out and act objectively? Yeah, right. Next question. Roger, question. Will there be a mansion marker putting black lines through green, green bills? What do you guys think about that? <laughs> very Here's some very, uh, very uh, interesting questions today. I like it. Yeah. Let's Everything that anything he votes for that is green, it will have to have something positive for oil and coal as well. Yeah. Any other thoughts around this? I don't think he's related to Charles Manson. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Next question. The RJ report question, what is your price target for Tesla for 2025? Interesting question, because we have seen the um, the stock price going up here in the last few days, which been, obviously for Tesla investors is a very positive trend. Um, where, where's that? I mean, not financial advice, obviously, but do you guys have any thoughts around this? Do you guys want to throw out any numbers, your thought Six, process? 6.22 and 43 cents. Okay. Three, three times today's current value right now. Okay. Okay. What do you think, Mimi? You're thinking? 800. 800. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Hans? That's that's more a wish than a sound <laughs> thought. Okay. <laughs> yes. What, what, what do most analysts do anyway? I feel like most analysts in Wall Street, that's what they yeah. do. You know what I'm saying? So we're not doing anything different. Go ahead, Hans. That is pretty ridiculous, by the way, the way the analysts work. They wait till the numbers go down and then they decrease the price of the stock. I know. And then they wait till the numbers go up and they increase the price of the stock. Yeah. Wow. That's great yeah. analysis. Yeah. Go ahead, Hans. Um, I think it's hard to say. I'm I'm really waiting for that free trial. Ask me after the free trial is released and then I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> I think um 
again, this the version 11 for me has been just so eye opening. It has been very, very, and, and I'm still collecting my thoughts. I'm planning on doing like a whole series of videos or maybe one big one next week. That's really going to like really walk through how I'm thinking about this technology. Now that I'm actually seeing the light, I'm seeing the path to it being finished, uh, like hands on, which is the first time that's happened. Um, I think if, I think if that's finished and ready to go live, which I'm going to assume it is, I think a, um, I'm going to say somewhere in the neighborhood of 1600 bucks. Ooh, yeah. Not financial thank advice, you. Mm -hmm. but I have to sit down. I have to sit down and flesh it up, but that's kind of where my head is at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, the been... thing that I've been really encouraged by is the rate of the new releases being rolled out, going back to being quick. Like, if this is the last architectural rewrite that needed to happen in order to get us there, which we don't know if it is or not, um, but if it was, and then we're going to see regular releases every couple weeks to a month, um, you know, it's all about the rate of progress. And I think we're back to a point where we're seeing the progress accelerate, which gets really exciting for the timeline. Richard? I was going to say something stupid, like my guess was pre-split three to one, but I elected not to say it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to make a joke about you saying that, but I'm just going to keep it to myself. Let's do the next question. <laughs> Not financial advice, please. Do your own research. Drew Soul, he has a symbol because he's a, a member of the channel. Thank you so much for your support. Question, odds on Rob doing an OnlyFans entrance on the private chat above or below 100%. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> above. <laughs> no thoughts. <laughs> this is the next one. <laughs> next question. A lot, of, a lot of jokesters today. I love it. Question from Matthew. Will lithium still be critical if Tesla moves away from rare, rare earths? If they figure that out, won't most others follow suit? I mean, I think they have already moved away from rare earths, right? So lithium is going to be a part of their strategy for a long, long, long time, unless you guys think different. Yeah, this is kind of confusing because we hear terms like critical minerals and like that's one set of things and then we hear things like rare earths and they sound like they're the same thing um so lithium is a critical mineral for batteries which are a critical component of going to electrification rare earths are may or may not be included in the critical minerals depending on you know if tesla and whoever if that ends up being neuron magnetics is able to eliminate the need for rare earths in electric motors specifically, then they kind of are not needed, but that is completely independent of lithium. And so uh, lithium will still be critical unless we can find a replacement for lithium in battery chemistry, which goes back to the discussion we had earlier on sodium ion batteries. Um, and then there are other alternative chemistries as well. Um, we've seen some really cool more highly dependent on lithium batteries here recently that are getting up close to 500 watt hours per kilogram. Um, so I don't, I don't see the, the need for lithium going away anytime soon, just because 
the battery industry is such a huge thing and it moves with incredible inertia. I mean, this is like the Titanic on steroids. It takes forever to move a battery supply chain from one mineral to the next, um, both from a technological standpoint and a supply chain standpoint. And so right now, the battery industry is all in on lithium and it's going to remain that way for many, many years into the future. And so we're not getting away from lithium anytime soon. Richard, maybe. No, I agree. I agree. I think that if we can get rid of cobalt and we can use more iron, that's good. But lithium will be essential for a long time. I think from a musical standpoint, if you get enough, enough lithium, you're in nirvana. Everybody's strolling today. Producer wife yeah. has a uh, has a has a uh, hypothesis that the reason why we have so many uh, trolling today is because the stock is up six <laughs> percent. So everyone's in a good mood. Can't I can't uh, can't blame it on that. This is the next one. Yeah, let's have some fun. Next question and uh, Jaybird Cybertruck question. Do you think Cybertruck will ever get a heat treatment for the skin to change its colors instead of a paint shop? That would be sick. Mm. So, so for those that are not familiar, uh, Cybertruck is only going to come with uh, basically the stainless steel um, outside, and uh, it's a uh, you know it doesn't it won't require paint. It's going to look like a DeLorean basically. But heat treatments. Good. I think there is paint. I just don't know where it is. I saw some video yesterday that they are hiring. Yeah, Dylan had had that. Positions. It's probably eco. Yeah. yeah, they they didn't specify, but there were like multiple positions. And I know it's yeah. it's not an exterior, but there might be some kind of coating on the exterior. Correct. It's probably eco. Yeah, it, it, I, mean, I I I don't know what the manufacturing process is. So for for um, cars, you have basically the the eco, and then you put the paint on there. So I'm wondering if there are parts underneath the Cybertruck. Or maybe I don't know if the fenders or something. Maybe those require paint, um, but it would be that. I don't like ninety percent of the body wouldn't be painted. I don't think I, unless I'm hundred percent wrong. And it could be the treatment. It could be the treatment of the of the steel itself. Could be the thing that's that's like to your point. Go ahead, Mimi. What I, I'm just gonna ask. What is that first layer? What is it? Is it some kind of corrosion protection or what are you talking? Yeah, about? basically. Yeah, that's what oh. eco is. Yeah, it's like it, yeah. it prevents rust and corrosion and stuff like that. Yeah. That would be sick, though. I mean, I think I think the aftermarket potential of the Cybertruck is completely and absolutely bananas, either yeah. through either with their in-house team, which we learned on Investor Day that Tesla was going to invest in an in in-house, quote unquote, third party, like an accessory team for Cybertruck. Think about the margins that's related to that. Uh, that's where my head went to on the paint is yeah. like bumpers that are painted and different accessories that are different colors. Mm. Yeah. Side view mirrors. They should have the same, uh, same margins as they have on that beer they're selling. Then Tesla yeah. would make billions and billions. <laughs> they will. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if their accessory team is making, uh, we'll be making like 60, 70% margins. Mm -hmm. Would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Da -da -da -da. Tina Lee, question. Where would you like to see Elon focus his attention in 2023? Your top three priorities. Ooh. Ooh. Who wants to go first? Well, I can say space, uh, Starship. Okay. Um, 
There's three, Mimi. Come on. <laughs> Can I just start with one? Okay. Start with one. Um, I'm going to say Twitter as number one. <laughs> you know why? Because, because the faster he gets that out of his hand, the, the better. Like, it's the faster he can get somebody in place, I think the better for him. Because I know Twitter, like, I, I, I'm 100% supportive of his Twitter acquisition and what he's doing. And I know that's a, somewhat unpopular. But I really do think it's very important for, me, for him to do what he's doing. And I think the faster he can get it to where it needs to be, the better everything will be. Because he's not going to sell it. He's not going to get rid of it. But he's going to try to get it to where it needs to be. So I think if he prioritizes that first and gets it done, I think in Investor Day, we saw that they have an insanely rock star team that's going to be able to carry the company through however long he needs them to. And SpaceX has been a, basically, I mean, I think, I would argue that SpaceX is the best run company in the world. I would really make that argument. When you think about how much, how much he's got going on his plate and all the stuff that he's working on and the inc incredibly impressive feats they've been able to do over and over. They're like almost at 200 reusable rockets. They've been sending astronauts to the International Space Station. They've been developing Starship. They got Starlink, basically. I think that they're probably making money on that already. And Elon is doing Tesla and, and, and Twitter. How is that not the best run company in the world, right? So get Twitter to where it needs to be. Step aside or, you know, allow the, the face of the company to come in like you want them to or want her to. And then uh, just keep working on what you, want, what you want to work on. So that's what I would say. So Twitter... Then I would say it's Cybertruck, number two, and then number three, I would say Gen 3. Mm. Silence. I have, a, I, have a different, I have a different set of three, okay. um, and this is not in any order, so I'm not putting it in the order. You're cheating, bro. Come on. Yeah. Electric, <laughs> electric surfboards, <laughs> pudding. Pudding, pudding, and, then, pudding. Mm -hmm. and a uh, new a new dog breed called Doge. But I okay, mm -hmm. All right. nice. Which yeah, is obviously important. the number one priority. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, Hans? I think um, going back to your SpaceX comment, we need the Farzad Mesbahi Gwen Shotwell interview. So. Come on, let's make that happen. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's make it happen. Um, Gwen, if you're watching this, please send me a DM. Yes, obviously, Gwen wastes her time watching these jokers all day. She should. It's good entertainment. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know what you should This is where I on. go not to think after I have to <laughs> expend all my brain cells at SpaceX. <laughs> oh, my God. He should focus on impulse control. You should take a break, learn to take a deep breath and wait for one minute before he replies mm. to tweets. Mm. I think you should focus on that. Is I this necessary? Do I really have to respond to this? Will this add to mm. the conversation or not? That would be good. Has Twitter this is advice for me, brain. is what you're saying. This is advice for me. <laughs> no, no, don't compare yourself to the Elon level of tweeting. <laughs> You're nice, and you write interesting <laughs> stuff. Uh, Elon doesn't always, mm -hmm. um, but I think just um, I think also the um, I think the solar roof is a really big disappointment. Why don't we have more solar roofs? Mm. It's the installation. I think is hard. I know. Hard I know. Why does it have to be so complicated? It's such a good thing. Yeah. 
I mean, roofs are very complex, though. I mean, you, you think about the variety of roofs and all the work yes, that needs to go yes, into it. And yes. you, you pro they probably have to do third party like companies to come yeah. in and every single one of them is going to have their own requirements. And who knows what kind yeah. of quality you're going to get. It's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. it's a disaster. It's, yeah, too so ambitious. Get out, get out of it and just uh, do solar panels. Make your own houses. Make your own <laughs> houses. Make your own houses so you can standardize the process. Not even kidding. I, I know that, I think Tesla's going to get into the house game. Yeah, yeah work with Boxable or somebody like that. I think there's yeah. Chinese companies that are making cities and they are basically doing that. They're creating the entirety of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, solar is so, I mean, I live in Sweden and already now in March, if we have a sunny day, we sell electricity. I mean, we, we produce a lot more than we use in a year. Uh, I don't have a battery. I would love some power walls. But I mean, if I can do it here, everybody, everybody can do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. It would be awesome. So I'll go in a little bit different direction with my three. I think Twitter, but for a completely different reason, it seems like Twitter is going to be the home of whatever truth GPT thing that he's doing and just watching the progress of open AI and seeing the mad dash that we seem to be on towards artificial general intelligence and the possibility of that evolving into artificial super intelligence very quickly. I think the two biggest priorities beyond sustainable energy, honestly, at this point is like, it'd be great if we can sustain the planet for hundreds of years, but let's make sure there's humans around for that. And, um, so yeah, I think the competitor to OpenAI, you know, I'm, it's possible that OpenAI can navigate this okay. It might also not be possible. Uh, I sure would love to have a legitimate Elon involved effort to get there first, to be part of the running of all of the people that are trying to do this. Um, I certainly don't want it to be managed by Google. I certainly don't want it to be managed by Facebook. Um, honestly, I think I would prefer OpenAI to either of those options. Um, but yeah, I would I'd love to see some competition against AI from, from an honest-led Elon initiative. And then from there, it goes actually back to Neuralink. I'd, I'd love to see Neuralink make more progress since we seem to be I think one of the things that Sam said a while ago that scared the bejesus out of me was we have entered into the era of Moore's law of intelligence, and it's not 18 months, it's something like six, where the amount of intelligence in the universe doubles every six months. And like, that's scary. Because uh, human intelligence is definitely not doubling every six months. Hmm. So I might argue it's going down. In, in some cases, but those were the right, people that watched our stream. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome for lowering your IQ. Thank you very much. Like and subscribe if you enjoy lowering your IQ. <laughs> but no, seriously, thank you all very much for joining us today. Um, we're going to move over to our uh, member only stream, which we, you can join us by clicking on join right below this video. Make sure you hit like and subscribe if you enjoy the uh, channel and you want to see more videos from us. Uh, and uh, we're moving over to that area now. Thank you all so much for watching. And thank, thank you, Mods. For thank you, CM. Yes, yes. Thank you, CM. Yes, thank you, absolutely. producer wife. Yeah.
Thank you, everybody. Gold stars. Yes. <laughs> this is my favorite. And my part fellow of the mods. Hi, mods out there. <laughs> yes, all the mods, Mimi included, rocking the house, rocking the house. Uh, thank you all very much. We're going to move over and we'll see you in a little bit. Take it easy, everybody. Bye bye.